On this episode of the Tactical Breakdown Podcast, I'm coming at you live from the ILETA conference in St. Louis with Executive Director of ILETA, Harvey Hedden. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Tactical Breakdown, a podcast for law enforcement, military, and emergency response professionals. Stand by. Where we help you bridge the gap and talk training, tactics, and leadership with the best subject matter experts in the world. Here is your host, Adam Kanakin. Hey everyone, welcome back to Tactical Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kanakin. Honored and excited to be here with you today. This is going to be the first mid-length episode that we're putting out as an exclusive from my time at the 2021 ILETA conference in St. Louis. So there's no better person to have as my first interview here on the podcast than with ILETA's executive director himself, Mr. Harvey Hedden. So these interviews, so that you're tracking on this, were recorded in person live at the conference. I was sitting right next to the instructors We got to have a real conversation face-to-face. It was amazing. And you're going to see a lot of these 30-minute type interviews coming up every week. And it's, it's my conversation with them as to what they're teaching at the conference. What topics were they covering? What is important to them right now? And of course, I'm going to be talking here with Harvey about the conference in general, why ILETA is what it is, and why it's so important for all law enforcement instructors to be a part of this amazing thing that they have going on. And why you should be joining us for the 2022 conference, which will be also held in St. Louis, and I believe it will be in March. So stay tuned for that information as well. So let's jump into this episode here with Harvey Hedden and uh, get into it. Harvey Hedden, Executive Director here at ILETA. Thank you for taking the time. No problem at all. Glad to be with you. Thank you for putting this conference on and and actually making it happen. Um, I know you and I spoke last year when COVID happened and, you know, we... You had to cancel this for the first so, time. Post, so close. So close. so close. Weeks, weeks away. Yeah. And then thought it was going to maybe be able to push it later in the year. Got postponed again. And we said, okay, we're just going to run it the next year. Yeah. Um, we made it happen. You made it happen. You and your amazing team here were able to put this thing together. What does it mean to you to be able to get back and, and be here at the conference? It's, it's just incredible. Uh, the, you could feel amongst the law enforcement trainer community the need to be back together. It, it was like a wound, not just COVID, but everything else that happened last year. Because of the, the post-George Floyd thing, we mm-hmm. wanted to get together and say, hey, where, where are we going from here? Mm-hmm. And this is where we start doing that. You can do it as individuals. We can kind of network a little bit. But boy, it really comes together here. And these guys really did want to get, they wanted to get back, get back together, get back to training, uh, but get back to the networking, uh, assisting each other. and. Some of us, some of the trainers are really, you know, in a bit of a quandary. Hey, where are we going? How are we gonna, how are we gonna turn this thing around? How are we gonna make this better? And so this is this is a place where we can start doing that. Yeah, we. What I'd love to do is is there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to this internationally, right? Obviously, also in the United States, officers and agencies that have never heard of Ilita before, right? Can we go back? I want to go back a bit. I want to talk about the organization as a whole. And because I think there's some really key components that you and I shared before we hit record here yeah. that I think are so key for officers and instructors to understand why 
why we are here. Like why every single person who comes here makes this. If they have one thing that they can attend the entire year, they make it this conference because it is different than every other conference that you can attend. So I want to I want to give you the floor to kind of talk sure. about the history and why this whole thing exists. Well, depending on how you count, there was at least three or probably four or five other law enforcement trainer organizations over the over the decades that I've been alive, <laughs> and uh, all of them really good, really well intentioned. Some of them did some great stuff. They all uh, were five hundred one three Cs that eventually kind of fell into the trap of becoming a bureaucracy. I think. And things just went a little awry here or there, and they couldn't survive as a result of that. Ed Nowicki helped found one of those. Ed Nowicki was a Chicago cop who got involved in training because a guy that he convinced to be a Chicago cop, uh, Billy Marston, I think was his name, got killed in the line of duty. And Ed had convinced him to become a cop, join the tactical team, and he was just taken aback by the fact that a young man lost his life. And he realized that some of that happened because of bad training, inadequate training, bad training, whatever you want to call it. So he started uh, another group called, helped start another group with some other guys called American Society Law Enforcement Trainers. That went on for several years, even concurrently with, with Aelita. And that was a very successful, successful group. But like all of them, something just went a little wrong. And when Ed created Aelita, he decided to take a different path. Since these other things had not worked, he said, it's going to be a company, a private company with this interest. We want to provide an association of law enforcement trainers that provides great benefits, great communication, great conference. Focus on, focus on a few things, not get too far afield, but focus on those and provide a vehicle for trainers to, to share knowledge and skill and training with each other uh, throughout the world. And he, he did that. He was able to do that, and it has survived because we try to keep it simple. We don't have a big bureaucracy. Um, <laughs> we have a minimal operating staff. What you see around here that makes this work is largely based on volunteers for the conference week. You know, it's kind of like you're pushing a race car up to the, up to the starting line, and then these guys jump in and make it all work. And if not for them, it, it, it would not. But Ed, Ed Nowicki deserves all the credit for creating this. Yeah. And Ed's, Ed, I was retiring uh, about four years after Alita started. And Ed said, yeah, you'll come to work for me part-time. You'll enjoy this, whatever. I had already done training with Ed. He was a great trainer. And uh, then Ed's health failed. His, his health was failing him. And one day he said, yeah, yeah you're doing it. <laughs> and I knew we had, to, we had to keep it going. I knew we had to do that. wasn't my intent and purpose. I, was, I planned to be a lot lazier in retirement. But... Uh, <laughs> Ah, you know, it's it's a calling, and uh, we believe in the mission of it. And uh, it, it's it, there's there's some sacrifices, but it's it's all worthwhile. Especially the last year, mm-hmm. there's been been some sacrifices because uh, when you don't have a conference and that's part of your your income, you know, you got you got to tighten the belt here and there and make some things happen. But uh, we did, and we're back, and we're and we're glad. But I but I thank Ed Nowicki. Ed, Ed passed away two years ago. One of the reasons we have black polo shirts this year. Mm-hmm. We want to remember Ed and everything he did for law enforcement training. Truly, a, a great, great individual, and a, and a guy who just loved, just just loved people, loved loved his fellow man, but especially loved law enforcement and training. Yeah, a few key things that you said there, and um, unfortunately, I was never, I never was able to eat or meet uh, Ed in person, which I'll always be upset about because uh, Brian Willis got me involved with this organization in 2011, and it was just always. One thing or the other, couldn't make it down or, yeah. or uh, never get to meet him in person. But a few key things that you said, volunteers, the amount of instructors that come here and volunteer to help is amazing. Yeah. And they're here every year. It, they make it, they take time, they pre-book this the second that they know that 
when the date of the conference, they book their time off to be here. Even if they don't know they're going to train here. That's provides training. Their own, all, you're right, all their own expense to come here. That's something you don't find. It's because they want to give. You know, they're, they're not concerned about who, who benefits for that information or who pro- they want. They want it to get down to the street level and benefit the police officer, the deputy sheriff, the constable, the ranger, even, even some security, you know, the public security sector uh, that we represent. So, uh, yeah, that's what it's about. These, these folks, this wouldn't happen without them either. Great instructors from, from all over the world, really. Less so this year. Uh, right. Present company excluded. There was a few people who were able to make it in. Uh, right. Very few, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, the interesting component about this conference for myself as an instructor was just coming in knowing, just knowing the names of the people that are here. Some of the instructors that have been doing this for many years that are legends in the game. Yeah. You don't walk around. You don't see one master instructor t-shirt or super duper best at what I do the amount of humility that's shown by the best in the world is something that you don't find everywhere it's you see these you can walk into any given classroom with an instructor who's never taught at Alita before who's brand new maybe but have a new concept and you see hundreds of years of training experience sitting there learning and absorbing new information that is something that I think is exclusive to this conference and why, since we ever started talking and since we started the podcast, I've been pushing people to come here because it's something that is, is it's a standalone. Nobody has that. It used to say, leave your egos back at home. And it's very true. And it's, it's just amazing. Like you said, we know there's people here that, that could do a standalone conference a week that someone would, and yet they're in somebody else's class and they're mentoring other trainers. That's one of the beautiful things that I've seen here. I've seen guys come here uh, that were ne- never really had trained before, but they were involved in a, a significant incident and learned from that and wanted to share it with other people. They came here, boy, I, I'm going to train in front of these guys. Ended up going to work for agencies like the FBI and doing training, just doing tra- officer survival training for them because of this start here. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a great example of mentorship. Mentorship is a huge part of what Elite is about is building trainers, developing trainers, um, and we are all—we're all peers. We're all—we're all the same. There's, there is no pecking order. You're right. Yeah, it's—it's it's something I just found fascinating. I mean, having been—I mean, I was lucky. My the first instructor that ever taught me was Brian Willis. Yeah. Um, it doesn't get much better than that nope. as far as a mentor goes. Um, and so I find myself extremely lucky that I had that start to my my journey. Um, as we being, should mention that Brian's our deputy executive director. Who was, unfortunately, uh, not able to make it wasn't down. Wasn't able here. to escape Canada. <laughs> yeah. Down. yeah. He should, it, first time he's ever missed it, but he's, he's a, just a f- tremendous resource, a very inspirational person. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's really, uh, it's up here with, with Brian. It, it, it really puts it together up here for you. Yeah. Why you're here and what you're doing. No, absolutely. You know, it's, I'm curious as to where you think we're going to be headed here in the next couple of years. Not not just for law enforcement trainers, but law enforcement as a whole. When during opening ceremonies you talked and you mentioned like the what is the future of law enforcement look like? What what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's there's there's some difficulty ahead for us, there's some challenges ahead for us, but this group especially is probably ideally suited to help us meet those challenges. 
there are, there are many people that are, that are concerned. Some of the line officers are quite concerned. You see this in retirements. You see this in people looking for other agencies outside the big cities. You see this in administrators that are, that are running scared. You know, which, what should we do? What can we do to make this feel good and everybody like us again? And uh, what I emphasize is that we're going to continue to do what we do, and that's to try to train officers to be the most effective, fair, just law enforcement officers that they can and also be safe. And to keep them not only themselves safe, but their communities safe in everything that we do. But these are human beings. They're not robots. And robots make mistakes too, by the way. But uh, we're, we would like to have, as an ideal, a zero defect world where a police officer never makes mistakes, even though he goes into a situation and has fractions of a second to make a decision about something that maybe will affect the rest of his life, maybe his freedom, maybe his, maybe his, his financial future. And uh, we expect perfection there. We know we're not going to get it, but as trainers, we try to shoot for that. And we keep looking at ways we can make that better. And we need to communicate that to the public, that that, that is where we're headed. We're trying to make the, we, we're not, we're not, we don't want to be a, a sloppy profession. We want to be the best. But here's the thing. You don't get that without, A, rewarding people that decide to go into that endeavor, to go into law enforcement adequately, and second, training them adequately. And most of us in training have always recognized that our law enforcement training was inadequate. When I started, it was, uh, you know, 240 hours. But just prior to that, you didn't have to have anything. <laughs> Back in the 70s, you know, you could just be sworn on, and ah, we'll just take care of you as you go along. So it has advanced in leaps and bounds, but there's still much more we can do, especially in the area of recurrent training, in-service training, beyond the academy. Because if you... I've always said if you're not a student, if you're not a lifelong student, then you're falling behind. You always need to be learning. That was one of the key components of many of the conversations that I've had with people sitting right where you are here this week was just that, that need, almost that craving for knowledge, that thirst for knowledge that instructors here seem to have. And obviously we're talking about a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of instructors here in the United States and, and yeah. internationally as a whole. But I think what you're doing here is you're setting a fantastic standard, a, a, a goal for instructors, a brand new instructor, um, which is why I think it's so important for them to have access to, to ILETA mm -hmm. and say, hey, I know you're new in the game, but here are the people that came before you, right? And if, if 30 years into it, you're still willing to learn and wanting to learn, that's a mindset that we want new instructors to have. Um, and I think conferences like this give, give us the ability to do that, to shape and, and grow that next generation of instructors. Um, and if, if this wasn't here, I mean, who knows where we'd be. I remember when, when these kind of things weren't there or they were just a, a small fraction of what they are. And, and like you said, it was hard to find. We didn't have an internet back then either, mm -hmm. but it was books and things like that. And you'd hear about a conference and go there and drive there and spend the... Uh, okay, it was kind of fair, or it was very limited. One of the weird things about Elite is we call it the trainer's buffet because many trainers work for small and medium-sized departments, especially the folks that we see here, and they aren't just the DT guy. They're the, they're the firearms guy, the DT guy, the ethics guy, the active shooter guy. They're, they're a little everything. So they come here, and it's literally going, literally going to the buffet and say, well, I'll get this little piece here, this little piece there, and that helps me fill in the gaps that I feel I have in my own training reservoir that I need to, to provide. So that is, that is a big, big advantage for them. Uh, if you want to go into something specialized and spend 32 hours into this, then you can do that. And you can probably get a taste of it here 
from one of those instructors and then go on and do that, which is also an advantage. Mm-hmm. But so much of the learning, as you know, is informal. It's, it's in the hallways. It's in discussions in the classes. The panel discussions are always great because it doesn't matter what, what you or I are teaching. If this person here has a question, that's what he wanted to get answered. So he comes to those panel discussions and gets it answered, not just by one of us, but sometimes several of us that are subject matter experts and thinks, well, now i got a really good handle on this. And that would have been hard to find on the Internet or anyplace else. Yeah. Well, I mean, just earlier today, um, I know I sat in on a portion of uh, Lon Bartel's panel on civilian review boards. Lon, you had uh, Mike Masango from Force Science. You had little Joe Ferreira. Yeah, um, quite a a variety. Who's a legend in his own right. But you're sitting there, and they're having discussions about these civilian review panels, and it's not just people asking questions from the audience. People are answering questions from the audience because it's everyone here has their own knowledge base, and, and people are... You know, it's it's just an amazing assortment of information. And I think the thing is, again, I want to go back to that humility aspect. The instructor at the front of the room usually, usually has no problem allowing somebody else answer a question if if they're if they have specific information on that topic, um, which is something fascinating. Again, you don't see because it's it's literally a collaboration of instructors. Which is, it's, it's just... It's in fact, you hear that sometimes in those panels. They'll sometimes precede a panel with that very kind of commentary to say, although we're up here, we're all peers, we all have our own experiences, knowledge, and there's something out there that's going to benefit everybody, so please don't hold back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to me. And you can go, doesn't matter if you're a, a DT instructor, you can come here and, yeah, you can do the hands-on stuff. Right. Yeah. You can book yourself in and do some of the live fire stuff at the range and, you know, learn from these amazing instructors or you could get outside of your bubble a little bit, which is what I think every single instructor here would recommend is just because this is your niche. Really take the time here to sit in on courses that you would never otherwise Mm -hmm. get a chance to sit in on. and from an instructor viewpoint, it may not be because you're going to take and implement the, the knowledge that you're going to gain in that course, even though it's valuable. You learn how other people teach. Just, just baseline instructor, how, how people run a class, how they interact with other people in the class. There's so much knowledge to be gained here, not just from the information you're getting, but the way that everybody conducts business. Is, that's a really neat thing as well. That's, that's very intuitive. And I've always said... As it, when I was a firearms instructor, I learned a lot more by watching you teach someone to shoot than me putting rounds down range myself. It was much better. And in fact, most of the classes that are offered here are instructor development classes that apply to everything. We all have our, our, our knowledge about certain specialized areas, but we can always learn to be a better instructor, to, to deliver material better, to understand adult learning theory, all those things, uh, understanding the human mind and reflexes and everything else. Those are, those are skills that apply across everything. And, uh, and we see changes you know, in training. We've, we've seen wellness, for example, become a bigger area. This year we even had a class on financial wellness, which, believe it or not, some academies are doing because they get guys that come in and the job, oh, I got a job. And, you know, five years later they're, they're in financial straits because they, they never had that, that problem to deal with. They didn't have money before. Now they do, and they get themselves in financial difficulty. Yeah, there was a, there was a yoga class. Yeah. Right? Oh, wonderful stuff. We usually have two or three yoga classes because it's, it's, it's about flexibility. It's about stress reduction. So many things that are good. And, you know, we are seeing issues with that in physical training mm-hmm. 
with officers now, and if we can prevent injuries, uh, we can we can make our training better and stronger, and make our officers you know better and stronger. If you don't do that, you start getting people hurt in training. Pretty soon, somebody says, "That's enough of that. You're you're training too realistically. Obviously, you're hurting people. Mm-hmm. So back off of that. So let's let's work on that. Let's make them better prepared for training as well as the street." Yeah, no, absolutely. What do you see? What's coming up next for Ilita? Like we're back here next year. Yeah. Right. What What does that future of Ilita look like? Well, this was an unusual conference because this is not the largest conference we've ever had. We're back to where we were maybe 15 or 10 years ago anyway. Um, but we really knew that we'd, we'd have few people that wouldn't be able to come and, and happen. This, this is even the size of the conference itself. You, you mentioned that. We're, uh, we're down some classes from what we would normally have, but we have less people as well. So um, we knew that was going to happen. So I expect that as we get out of this pandemic, we'll go back to a conference that has more than 150 courses, uh, maybe more than 170 and we'll try to, again to shoot for things that our members tell us they want to have, uh, things we think are, are new and, and good and, and valuable and have a wide appeal. And uh, we'll hopefully be able to do more because COVID does restrict some of this, you know, um, how you teach and how you, how you interact and stuff. It did do, it did do some of that. Not as, not as much as I had feared, fortunately. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate that these folks really do adapt. They're all trainers. They're all ready to adapt. And so there was a lot of preparation that I made for this conference that was, frankly, unnecessary. But it'll be nice to get back to normal. But we do have some challenges. You're right. We have some real challenges of things we, we need to do. But the thing I pointed out in the opening ceremonies you mentioned is, is to tell the truth, is to own up to the truth and tell the public the truth. They have been fed some misinformation about what reality is out there. Okay, we're not zero defects, and we don't get enough training. That's true. We'd like to have more but compared to a lot of other professions, we're doing pretty darn good. It's amazing how, how good we're doing. And uh, to the extent that we get the resources to do the training and have good leadership and good people that we're able to bring in, we'll do even better. Um, but there, there's definitely some misinformation up there that, that needs to be corrected, and we need to educate the public to that. Uh, citizens groups, civic groups, even our leadership, even our own agency leadership, who sometimes falls prey to political blackmail, and, uh, well, we'll do this because it feels good. You know, we don't, we don't need enough time for feel-good training. You know, if I'm going to do something that's going to help somebody, I want it to really help them, not just check off a box. Mm-hmm. And in the past, too much of it was that. This will look good in our records. No, we want something that's really going to make a difference. If you were to say something to a young instructor who has never heard about ILEDA before, they're hearing about it now for the first time, or maybe it's an officer at their agency that says, why, why aren't our instructors going to something like this? What's that message that you want to send to those folks? You can't do it all on your own. You, you just can't expect to do this all on your own or just follow the, the path that was set before you. There's so many resources out there, so many great things, and there's people out there that, that want to help. It's, it's be like expecting I'm going to solve burglaries with this one detective and you know, never really reach out to anybody else. We, we call law enforcement the biggest street gang in the world, but it is, a, it, it is organized or supposed to be. And uh, we have that, that advantage helps us solve problems. And that's what trainers can do is solve problems, even solving them proactively. So that, for that young trainer, uh, there's a tremendous wealth of experience and knowledge out there you can take advantage of and people that want to give it to you. Uh, training is, a, and I want to say training is a, law enforcement training has been a, been a godsend to me. Had I not gone into that path, uh, my life would have been different and not as rich. Not just because of the professional relationships, but 
Because every once in a while, you're lucky enough to find somebody where you made a difference, where you saved a life, or you improved a life as a result of that training. And once you get one of those, every morning you get up and say, why am I doing this? It's freezing outside. Why am I going to the range? Or why am I going to this class? You, won't have to, you don't have to worry about answering that question to yourself. You're going to know that, as Brian said, you left a legacy. Or as he also says, being a good ancestor. Mm-hmm. Another great message from Brian. But uh, we can help you with that. We can really be a resource for that. And that's that's what we want to. That's what we want to do. We're not here for self promotion of any individual or anything else. We're here as as a group of comrades uh, that want to help each other and make law enforcement as good as it can possibly be. Make our communities safe. You know, one of the other things that I do want to point out too, and to to just kind of piggyback on your point, is that. The instructors here, if you go up and say, like, hey, can I get more information from you? Do you, who, what were your references? Where did you get this from? What's your reading list? You're going to get more information than I think you bargained for. Yeah. You can, you'll walk out of this, you'll, you'll walk out of this conference being like, I probably can't attend next year's because I'm still not going to be caught up ah, from we'll what I got up. from yeah, this Yeah, you'll catch up. Right. Even the expo is educational. It is. You know, even, the, even a law enforcement trade show, the beauty of ours is, that a lot of the folks that you see in the expo are doing classes. They don't just sell you a product like they did in the old days and say, good luck with that, Adam. Go out and see what you can do with that thing. Let us know how it works out. They back it up with training. That's the best possible marriage. And it's funny that the, the vendors here say that they have to send people that are trainers or at least on their game about the product because these guys will ask questions. They'll ask deep, detailed questions about how this thing is going to help. They, they're going to they're find that cost-benefit analysis and to make sure it's good for them and good, good for their agency before they go to it. So uh, even that part is just a, a wonderful resource. And that's why we open that up. The, the expo opened up to everybody. All Aelita members, all sworn officers, all sworn military, or all active military can go to it uh, because we, we think it's such a resource there as well. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, I was excited that I come down here. And I also want to give a shout-out uh, to the St. Louis Police Department. For all the help that they gave this week, I know yeah. they even sent some recruits down to. Amazing, yeah. It, it, you know, it's the volunteers, but 25, their whole academy class came down and packed bags and things like that. And you know, because we can do those things with volunteers, you can make you can drive costs down as much as possible. And a lot of guys write their own check. You know, when the financial uh, crisis hit back in 2008, what we saw is not agency checks, John Smith checks. We saw writing their own way here. Uh, we've prided ourselves almost every year at least bringing a dozen people in on scholarships. We'd run some events that provide scholarships because there's those small agencies where they can't afford to do it. And the funny thing is, after they come one time, like you said, now it's worthwhile. Now they see the cost-benefit analysis, and some of those agencies are bringing all their trainers. It's almost like a you know, hiatus. They take off, and they come, and they organize for the next year, and it's great because these guys go to these classes and these guys go to those classes. So uh, it's, it's been a wonderful, that's been a wonderful part of it, too, is to bring people here on, on scholarships and, and show them what it's about. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to working with you over the next year. Um, obviously, we've talked previously about this, but getting some more of those scholarships rolling out yep. from our end so we can send people here yep. um, and get as many instructors here as possible. And getting some of our instructors on, on your program as yeah, well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as many ways as we can get information out, the better, whether it's you know periodicals like the ones we put out, the conference, things like that, the Facebook page, you know whatever it is, get this knowledge out there, get get, get into sharing, and and that that'll make us all stronger. 
Well, I gotta, I gotta say thank you again. I really appreciate what you do and your whole team putting this thing together. Um, and uh, it's an honor to be able to sit down next to you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Honor to be with you. Join the Islet Network now. Go to islet.network. That's I-L-E-T dot network.